Welcome everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziggler Show, inspired by the grandfather of inspiration himself, Zig Ziggler. Our focus here is you and your personal development. The way to have more tomorrow is to become more today. So we bring you the best of today's world influencers and their messages and discover how we can apply new and classic methodologies of personal growth to our lives. In this episode, we discuss how to keep relationships healthy amidst demanding work and business. I mean, business and making money and keeping up with the demands of work tend to take priority in our lives. And to a decent degree, these pursuits are have-to issues. Of course, we all value relationships in our lives, but to truly nurture them amongst the other demands is tough, even with the best of intentions. So I polled the Ziegler audience and asked them, with the demands of your job or business, what do you do to make relationships a priority? What are your main challenges? So I was joined for this show by Brian Dixon, our guest from episode 715, where we talked through the message in his brand new book, Start With Your People. Brian's responses to the candid comments were significant and will give you some strategic and actionable steps that you can put into place to nurture the relationships in your life, even as you fulfill that demanding work schedule. Uh, And I do encourage you to check out Brian's book, Start With Your People, wherever you buy books or at briandixon.com. I'm going to bring you Brian and a great live coaching session as we talk through the comments right after sharing some great products and services that I think will be relevant to you. Well, Brian, in posting this question, you know, and talking about relationships, I know that to some degrees it can sound like an altruistic thing. You know, of course it's the right thing to do, but there's also real life. And we also uh, well, I'll speak for myself, you know, tend to gravitate towards, you know, what's in it for me. I mean, ultimately, yeah, we want to do good, but we still are motivated and we deal with the things today that are going to motivate us. And I wanted to just start off with a little preface on this, you know, the old radio station, W I I F M what's in it for me that, that in this, and we may have mentioned this during one of the shows we've already done, but my avatar in this is Dina Dwyer Owens. And she wrote the book values Inc. Uh, her, her company is neighborly. And they talk about, you know, leading with your values. And yet the cool thing too, is they did, you know, a couple billion dollars, uh, last year. She said, yeah, it's the right thing to do. And it makes more money. And that's what I want people to hear this. It's people first. It is the right thing to do. And I mean, right now, well, you right now you are in, it's like I talked about in the first show, you're everywhere, dude. You're like Waldo, man. Anywhere you look, you're going to find Brian Dixon and people first. Everybody's talking uh, about you, but this is the work of a long time of you sowing into other people's lives and you're reaping it. And it's so Mm. to to hit on that, this is not, this is the right thing to do. And in business and in life and business, it's the most profitable. Oh, absolutely. I even, even just, you you think about one of your team members, Okay, Mm -hmm. one of your team members, how do they show up? So much of how they show up is a decision. We all have a decision what kind of level of effort we're going to bring to a project, what kind of attention, what kind of intention. Are we going to um, are we going to stay up late? Are we going to wake up early? Are we going to watch that extra couple training videos so that we're really prepared? And I think where a lot of people make the decision from is a place of do I feel valued? Do I feel appreciated? Is my contribution going to make a difference? Mm. So that's the direct ROI on investing in your team is by letting them know, like I talk about it in start with your people, but imagine if you created a manual for each of your team members, 
you knew their disc, you knew their Colby, you knew their love languages, you knew their strength finders, you knew their Enneagram, that's five. Imagine if you knew that about each of your team members. And so as an example, I was, uh, I was having a conversation with one of our team members this morning, and I know she's an Enneagram four, so she's an artist, and her love language is words of affirmation. So the best thing I can say to her is, wow, I really appreciate the unique contribution you've added to this project so far. And I can't wait to hear what you're going to come up with next. Now, Kevin, I meant that sincerely, but I also know that that's the way that uh, those are the words and the approach that's going to inspire and encourage her. And I guarantee sometime this today, she's going to go a little extra harder for Mm -hmm. our company. She's mm-hmm. going to make a decision of, oh, you know, I've, I'm feeling a little tired. Maybe I should stop, you know, working on this one project. You know what? They value me. Yeah. So I'm going to put a few extra minutes in it. And that compound effect over time will change your business. That, okay. So it made me think I'm sitting here smiling. You know, the movie Hancock, you're seeing oh, that? Yeah. Okay. We, we actually own that and hitch. It's like a double disc thing or something <laughs> like that. But the Hancock, for some reason, I've always been enamored with that, but I love the part in there where the guy, Jason Bateman, whatever his character's working with him. He says, you know, tell people, encourage, encourage them, tell them they did a good job. And he comes down, you know, and saves the day, but turns around to the cops and goes, oh, good job. And he has to kind of force it out. That's me. And to what you said, a lot of times I'm thinking it towards my kids, my wife, somebody else. I had high expectations for them. They met them. And inside I'm smiling with gratitude. I don't think to say it. So to turn around and sometimes my kids know this. So sometimes I'll turn around one of my boys, you know, and go, oh, good job. And they know what I'm talking about. Okay. I I don't inherently think to say it. So yeah, you, it's, it's still authentic, even though you're doing the practice of Mm -hmm. getting that word out there and and you reading through your stuff, uh, Brian, and even prepping for the show again, I thought about, you know, what do I want to be known for? Oh, he's the guy who gets stuff done or he was always there for me. Oh my gosh. Mm. And yet I tend to gravitate as you talk about in the book to getting stuff done. All right, well, let's jump in these, the, the first comment, I know you'll appreciate from Joanne Miller, uh, my mom, who you know dearly. And she said, she said, my job, and she has it in quotes, is to keep creating my haven of peace. That was her book uh, for everyone who enters. And two things are high priority for me to keep relationships healthy and top priority. Maintaining weekly date night with my awesome spouse and texting daily in a family thread that our three children bless us with to share their lives, their thoughts, and their love of family. Well, that was interesting to me because I'm one of those three kids in the text. Right. And sh- I didn't know that it was that intentional. It didn't occur to me, but sure enough, mm. I mean, when I came into my office this morning, I hadn't been paying attention to it. There was, you know, 15 messages from that thread, uh, which, um, is, is my mom, dad, brother, and sister. We even did it just the immediate family, not to exclude our spouses, but just right. to, to still have that. And, uh, I did that consistency. I think that's what got me is you know, the power of those, how much those seemingly little deposits can add up because being a production oriented guy, I can look Mm -hmm. at those and think, gosh, it seems it's kind of insignificant, but it builds up. And that's so much of what you talk about in the book as well. Those little, I don't know if you say it in the term of deposits, but. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, one thing I started doing just related to to what you're saying and and what Joanne mentioned is, uh, you know, I, I put our, we have three kids and I, and I, I generally, I put them to bed. And so I was putting my three-year-old down um, for the, the evening of like two weeks ago. 
And I was telling him a story. And then he said to me, can I tell a story? And I thought, hmm. Kevin, this is an amazing moment. My, my three-year-old is going to start telling stories. This, whatever he's going to say is going to be funny. <laughs> Get the recorder out. Right. So, yeah. So I got the recorder out. I literally, oh, I you had did? My, okay. yeah, I awesome. had my phone in my pocket and I, I'm like, as he's like about to tell a story, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. And I said, and I always tell him, cause he doesn't understand phones. So I'm like, I have to turn my phone off. So I like turn the voice message, press voice memo, press record, put it on my chest. So he doesn't see that the screen's on. And then he goes and tells me this hilarious, weird, funny three-year-old rambling story. Wow. And after that was done, first of all, I was excited. Cause now we have the recording forever. But then I thought, who would appreciate this? The answer is my in-laws, my, his uh, grandparents would love it. And his aunt would love it. And there's already a family thread that I don't participate in very much, but I still get all the messages. And so I sent that voice memo to that whole thread and it made their day. Yeah. And it was really fun to hear and they feel like they're involved. And it just kind of hit me like, what are other moments, not even just for family, but even in your team that you can capture? So our, 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 our friend, uh, Mike Kim, he talks about taking a, um, I can't remember what he calls it, but it's a, like a strategic selfie. And, huh. and so when you're at a conference and you meet somebody for the first time, instead of like exchanging numbers and stuff, like take a selfie with them and then post it on social and say, you know, Hey, it was great meeting Kevin. I love what he's doing with the Zig Ziglar show. And then you tag the person and it's like this, it's this way to build a connection. And so that's, that's a little takeaway for you guys listening right now is what can you do to capture the moment where you are and share it with somebody who would really care about it? That is sweet. It just happened to me a couple weeks ago, uh, lunch with Pete Vargas. I think yeah. you know, Pete, and he did that. We're getting ready to go. And he says, Hey man, let me get a selfie. And I, I felt so honored because he's to me, he's such a rock star. And I thought, man, that's yes. so sweet. He sent it to me and shared it with some people. I, I do appreciate it. our family, you know, giving encouraging things. Hey, here's what the kid mm -hmm. did. Here's what my wife did. Here's whatever. So meaningful and keeps us connected. So there's a, there's a positive social media uh, aspect for all of us here as we That's tend right. to focus on the opposite. Well, Manuel Flores, she says, uh, I established my priorities immediately. Number one, my relationship with my wife, two family time with the kids, three fitness, four is business. Those priorities first, then all activities after I literally schedule each of these priorities on my calendar before anything else gets scheduled. We do have to earn a living. So in people's eyes, work may be a priority, but uh, if you aren't fulfilling what's important to, to you, then that attitude will impact all other areas of life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming back to priorities, I mean, obviously, and, and you talked about this in the first show, I mean, we spend mm -hmm. the majority of our time generally at work granted, but right. uh, making those other things, the, the, the priority and giving those, again, those deposits is so powerful. And I, you know, where did we, it, it still brings me back to where did we go awry from getting away from that. It seems like, you know, back when we think about your grandparents on the farm or whatever, I mean, they lived relationships and how did we get to the place where we can be so segmented that we can't even be so project focused. I don't, I, I'll throw that at you. I mean, cause I, where did I get to that point? You know, I wonder for myself yeah. to where I can just, I can get up and go at it and be a hundred percent and not deal with relationships. It seems counterintuitive. Right. It, it reminds me of the old story. It's probably a zig, Ziegler story. I don't, I don't know where I originally heard it. I'm probably going to botch the details, but it's, it's the idea that, uh, you know, they started a factory somewhere in the jungle, right? They, they had this factory. And so they were able to hire all the local workers because it was a local job. And everybody who came to work at the factory worked there for like three weeks. They made more money than they've ever made in their life. And so they were fine and they all quit. 
and and then the owner, have you heard of the story before? Uh, no, no, it was no. not a zig story. And then the owner of the factory was like, how do I get these people to keep working? Because he realized like this was a new thing for their economy. And so then the answer was um, catalogs. And so ordered a bunch of catalogs from America, handed out the catalogs oh. to everybody in the village. And guess what? Wow, the they're... next day, everybody showed up for work. Interesting. Right? And so think about that. It's maybe maybe the reason we're working, maybe the reason we're leaving our family to go to a job every day, maybe we need to think about that a little bit because I just believe in 2019. Like I'm so just incredibly honored and, and just, I, I'm just shocked and amazed that, you know, I, I blame God. God and his providence allowed me to be alive in 2019 where you can work from home. You can serve a global audience of people doing work you love, like your dad talks about. And maybe it's time to reconsider. Maybe it's time to have that conversation with your boss to say, hey, I would love to keep working for you, but I'd like to change a couple of the rules and I'd love to have that conversation with you. And, and maybe you serve two clients instead of only one client and you do it from home instead of from an office. Yeah. There's just a couple of little changes that you can make in your life so that you can have that work-life integration. I don't believe in work-life balance. I think it's worth work-life integration. I think it's a matter of, it's, it's, it's both ends. And uh, we have so many opportunities. So that, that's what I'd say to, me, to you, Manuel, is I love that you're starting with your relationship with your wife. The only thing I push back on is you said, we do have to earn a living. I don't think you have to earn a living. I think you get the opportunity to serve people well. And you know, like, like Daniel Lappin talks about, you receive these certificates of appreciation. Mm -hmm. If you really show up for the people that are already in your work, it's just an honor to be there and everybody's excited about it. It just really changes the conversation. Oh, uh, and I've had this literal conversation with my family before talking about work and say, guys, I can work more. I mean, what do you guys want to do? You want to go to Disney World? You want a fancier car? You want bigger screen TV? You know, just get into those That's things. Right. Or would you rather have me here? Because there literally is often a, a trade-off to that. Yeah. And they right. understand that. And of course, their question or their answer is, we want you, daddy. And I have to, yeah, think about that. What am I busting my butt for so I can get a later model car? <laughs> um, so, well, on, so on that aspect of, of even working at home, uh, yeah. Ralph McClellan here, he says, always being available and taking a personal interest in the lives of my customers. And I just, in my head, when I said that, my lives of my family, as right. well. And we read about this with different, you know, rock star, successful business people who have an open door policy, or you'll hear mm -hmm. about the CEO who has his work right in the open workspace with everyone else. And wanted to speak to that a little bit because when we talked about this on the mm -hmm. end of the show, you can also have that feeling of, oh my gosh, if I just make myself constantly available, am I ever going to get any work done? Which I can struggle with. I do that. Right. I'm, I'm working, I am working at home two days a week now, at least. And I generally do it right there at the dinner table. The kids are doing all their homeschool stuff and whatever. Uh, but once in a while, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, you guys got to give me like 15 minutes without a question or I'll find myself right. being irritated and go, now nah, I'm not helping them if I am. And I may need to go into one of the upstairs rooms for a while. And I'll do that and say, guys, for the next hour, I've, I've got to write. And they yes. understand that. So I don't know if we've got personality styles mixed in with this issue of always available um, I mean, and we did hit on it, you know, that aspect sure. of, are, are there some boundaries? So kind of reconcile that for us a little. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the best investments you can, you can make is really learning yourself and really understanding your, 
your personality, how you work, you know, your zone of genius. I love the idea of, um, I think it's Tony Schwartz. He has a book called The Power of Full Engagement. Mm. So, so when are you really fully engaged in your work? And we're all different. And, uh, and so as an example, I work with a lot of writers through our, our membership writing community called Hope Writers. And we ask every once in a while, like, show us your workspace. And people will show us a couch. And then others will show us a desk. And then others will show us a path through the woods. Like, they have different ways where they write, you know. And so for me, I've had to learn my learning style. I'm an auditory learner. So I love thinking ideas out loud and also taking in ideas auditorily, right, through, through listening. I've also realized um, I... I don't. I would never even say that I that I do, but I. But I. Others might diagnose me as having ADHD. That I need to keep fidgeting. I need to keep moving. And what I've what I've realized is my best ideas, Kevin. You're probably similar. Your best ideas happen when you're on a bike ride, or for me, I'm on a run. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to run every single day. If I don't run every single day, I don't have good ideas. Mm -hmm. You know. And even yesterday, wrapping up the day, it's four o'clock in the afternoon and we're working on, we're going through traction, the EOS model, the entrepreneur operating system by Gino Wickman, which is highly recommend. <clears throat> so we're going through traction as a team at Hope Writers and uh, we're working on our vision statement and we, we gave ourselves a couple of days. We're all going to go work on our vision. Then we're going to come back and we're going to collaborate and, and figure it out together. So I had to leave the screen. I had to leave my office and I went on a walk and I talk it out into my phone. And so just knowing that, like just knowing how you work best. So there are times that I can sit in the living room with the kids and get work done or be present with them. There are times that I need to go take a walk. And, and for years, here's the application. For years, I felt bad about my preferred work style. Because I was trying to do square peg, round hole. Yeah. I thought, especially when I was leading the school, I thought I have to be physically present all day at the school. And what I started doing is taking these long lunchtime uh, walks. So I would walk from my office to a lunch place, have a lunch meeting with somebody there. And then I would, instead of coming immediately back, I might kind of meander through the downtown area. And I always found like those 10 minutes were my most productive 10 minutes a day. Wow. To the point where I had, literally had a conversation with my board and I said, hey, listen, if you see me walking around downtown, like in the middle of the day, it's not that I'm avoiding work. It's actually that I'm getting my best work done. That is, again, I want people to hear that there's no secret sauce because I, I have so many similarities as far as, uh, yeah, people try to pin the ADHD label on. I don't, I don't right. like it much, but um, a hard time focusing sometimes. I do have sometimes, uh, an, you know, I'll go on a run or a ride and have that focus. Ultimately, though, it's solitude. I'll go towards solitude, and I am not auditory. I'm the opposite. You sit and talk to me or read something to me, right. and I feel I tend to sometimes feel bad. I go, I, I'm so sorry, but can I just read it? Will you just hand it to me and let me read it? I, I need to see it. Is you know finding that thing? Yeah, like we said, the mo what did you say? The best gift is just to know yourself. Is that how you just to know yourself? Yeah. yeah. And, and fortunately with 2019, I mean, being alive today is amazing because you can, you can go, you don't need to hire, not that I'm against consultants and coaches, but you don't need to hire somebody to come to your office or go to a conference to learn. There are online tools. Most of them are free. Like you can go figure out these things about yourself in the next hour. Like you don't have to wait to, to meet some certified person in yeah. three months from now. Like you can actually go start figuring it out right now. And I, it can really change the way you, you work. For example, so I, I, you know, I signed a two book deal with, with Sondervan, my publisher. Book one is start with your people. Book two, tentatively titled how to do your impossible. So now that we've got people right, 
how do we get our goals? Like, how do we make our goals happen? And, and the last couple months, in the back of my mind, I've been working through the outline of the book. And like, how do I structure this kind of thing? I have a TEDx talk, which kind of outlines how to accomplish goals. But I realize that's not a book length idea. So I've really struggled to get this outline. And then the other day, I was on a run, and I figured it out. You know, it's like a choose your own adventure. There's these three parts. And I just it just all sort of makes sense. And then I said to Julie, as soon as I got home from that run, I said, I need to take all of Friday off. We only have one car. We're one car family. So Kevin, I'm literally renting a car on Thursday night so I can wake up at 4.30 in the morning on Friday morning. And we live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm going to drive all the way down to Charleston, South Carolina, which is three and a half hours away. So I can write into my phone as I'm talking it out loud for three and a half hours in the car. So I'm going to flesh out that concept of this book. Then I get about two or three hours just walking the beach, just talking out my ideas. I'm going to go to my favorite lunch spot, and then I'm going to drive back and talk the whole time. So I'm going to write for like nine hours. But think about how weird that is. I'm not sitting in front of a screen. I'm not putting pen to paper. It's all talking it out loud on my phone. But because of you know my focus thing, I need the the traffic rushing by me. I need the sound of the ocean waves. And I just learned this about myself. And so that is a writing day, but that looks like the weirdest writing day you've ever heard of. I I love it. And again, I love the juxtaposition of you and me. Yeah. Cause I, I do a similar thing. I have a buddy who has got a cabin. I'm usually going to go there and there's going to yeah. be absolutely nothing. And I'm not going to move. <laughs> I'm going to sit on my butt. Uh, yeah. now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go for my run and have some great food, of course, but, uh, that, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. And this is find your secret sauce. I hope that I always want people to hear this because we hear so much about modeling other people. Yeah. But model the right people and model certain things that fit you. You are my right. wife. You're one of my close friends, just like mm-hmm. you talk it out loud. I have no concept of that personally because I just get confused. I, I even talking to myself confuses me. I am going to write and put it on paper. So folks, whatever it is that does for you. And I, I like that. Is it weird? You figure out how to manage your own dysfunction. You know, we're all dysfunctional. Yeah. Manage it. Uh, and you like live your weird, like just live your be, weird. be your weird because that is what makes you unique. And it's also your, your zone of genius. I just, I just know that that's where the best ideas come from uh-huh. for me and for others. It's sitting in front of a piece of paper with a pen or a pencil, like that would kill me. I can't, I can't write anything down. Well, and I, I like that. Just go with your weird. I mean, we have that consummate picture of Bill Gates sitting out in his garage, supposedly, and he, mom comes out and he's just sitting there. What are you doing? He says, I am thinking. I think whatever does it for you, whatever gets your art out. You are listening to The Ziggler Show and my Q&A with Brian Dixon. As you heard that segment there, do you figure things out by speaking or writing them, talking with others or in solitude? It's just really good to know so you can be intentional about those things. Well, next we read a comment about sales and how having to make the sales stresses relationships, of course. Brian offers just some great counsel on this topic. I'm going to give it to you right after I share some products and services that may be just what you need. Um, well here, Keith Burton, this is talk about, a, a, a put your people first aspect here. He says, I went from a pushy sales job to one you can never, or you never have to worry about having to make the sale. And he has that in quotes, so much easier to develop relationships with customers, man. You talk about, I mean, this could talk about Ziggler, man. This is sales mm-hmm. right there. Sales. He talks about as a transference of feeling, and it's ultimately about caring for the other person. I just had this conversation with one of my older kids 
uh, about, I was referencing, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll speak him out loud. I'll encourage somebody. So my brother-in-law who, you know, Nathan yeah. Logston, my sister, right. Ashley, her husband, he was a realtor and he did uh, for a while and he did so well because he put the person first. And if he thought the house was not on par, he would tell the person if he thought that they were buying too much house for their money and it wasn't a good financial move, he would tell them he would walk. He, he had no, it was not make the sale at first. It was take care of the person. Now from that, now this comes back to where we started. It was also the most profitable because you have the person that maybe he's going to make a you know, $4,000 commission on them buying a house, selling a house, whatever it was. And he talked them out of it because he didn't think it was best. Their gratitude was so high that they may refer three people and he made 20 grand. It was the most okay. profitable thing to do, but putting them first. So you come back to sales. I mean, this is an area and uh, I do, I know the pain of it and I'm sure you do too, Brian, where man, you need the sale. You really need the sale. I mean, this is where the rubber hits the road. Sometimes I understand that and mm -hmm. it feels hard. And yet being that pushy sales, sales place, you feel bad and the person is going to feel it. They do. And that's, that's right. where we all have wounds, I think, from that. Yeah, it's there. There is a way to sell. And Zig, Zig's a perfect example. There's a way to sell that puts people first. It's it's nuanced. And, and what what I keep learning is it's just about leaning into the pain and just hmm. just helping to clarify where is it that somebody's feeling stuck? It's identifying our, our buddy Ray Edwards says, enter the conversation already happening in the mind of, of your prospect of the person that you want to work great. with. That's so that's what I've learned is just all I'm doing on social media and through our emails is just to point out the pain to say like, if you've struggled with this, I'd love to chat with you. And, and they need to decide, you know, they really do. They decide how much how much pain, you know, it's like the old story of the, the dog on the front porch, you know, sitting on a nail and yeah. not getting up because it doesn't hurt enough. And so I think that's where we have an opportunity to put service over sales because service really leads to sales. And uh, for example, we're doing this with Hope Writers. What we decided to do is everybody who fills out a form on our website. So here's a really practical uh, model for you guys, you know, running, especially running online businesses for everybody that fills out uh, a form on your website, which happens, you know, depending on the size of your business, maybe 10 times a week, or maybe, you know, 10,000 times in a month. Um, what if you could be the most personal online business that they've ever worked with? That that's our, one of our goals at, at hope writers is we want to be the most encouraging place for writers to make progress on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so I just realized a few weeks ago, probably partially as a result of our conversation, that for them to get an automated email sequence isn't the most personal way to encourage them in their writing journey. Yeah. And so we reached out to our community and we said, hey, we're looking for progress coaches. We're looking for people who are willing to reach out to people who have opted in for a download or for a webinar and text them and say, hey, if you need some encouragement and some help, I'm a member of Hope Writers and I'm, and I'm a progress coach and I'm here to answer any questions you have. No direct wow. sale. These are these are to non-members, and we're going to roll it out this next couple of weeks. Uh, and and I know that what we're going to discover is that a percentage of people are going to say that's exactly that's exactly what I what I needed in order to make that decision to move forward. Well, I love it. It was, I am, I'm so used to getting the automated things. I mean, I was taught in that just like you are. It's the big, yeah. you know, infusion soft, uh, the funnel and the steps and the yada, yada. Right. And, and they, it's not that they don't have value, but 
I think as anything business wise, we go through cycles and that's one where, man, I've been through it. I don't look at them for the most part. I'm pretty quick. I'm hitting unsubscribe because it's just more clutter in my life. Either I care or not, or they've connected with me or not. And I was, I'm looking at hopewriters.com and folks, you guys can that's go right. check it out. And it uh, looks like you've got, do you have, you have live chat on there too? Did I see that? We, we do have live chat usually when we're open. So okay. it's a, it's a great way to connect and there's real people behind the scenes there. Yeah. You know, we have a team who has Facebook page manager open up on their phone. We do it through, through many chat through Facebook messenger. So if somebody sends us a message, like I get notified, seven yeah. other people get notified and somebody's getting in there in, in 10 minutes or less to reach out and to, and to respond. That's gotten to be my favorite thing. I go to someplace, if I have any interest, have a question, if they've got live chat, I'm on it and I get my questions done so quickly. I don't use the phone, which I'm a phonophobe. So that's great right. too. So I, I love it. Well, I, lo I love hearing the real life testimonial there. Well, here's one from uh, Mason Basak. Uh, Regardless of any work that's not completed, 5 p.m. strictly means I am done for the day and family time starts. I'm salary, so there's always things I can accomplish after hours as needed, but it's not mandatory nor expected. Tomorrow is a new day to continue on. I talk about being salary. Of course, I think of mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and that's the, it feels like either you've got a business and it's so demanding you're in survival mode and whatever, and you're working nonstop and never letting that's it right. go, or you're doing great. And it's real tempting to, as the kid's talking to check over there, it's a new sale or a new inquiry. I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's thrilling either way. I had some guy at some point tell me that he, his analogy was that he is at work and he's got his work sword out and there's a certain point on his drive home and he passes some landmark and he puts that sword down and it mentally picks up the yeah, other yeah. one. That's his family sword. I still think about that. And I, you yeah. know, I've been doing it all my life. I got the benefit of seeing my, my parents do that. And, and for the yes. most part, leave work uh, at home. And I got to admit, sometimes I've just, work is so consuming. I'm glad to just turn it off, right. leave it off. And now I'm getting to where I just, I, I, I put my phone away. I don't pay mm -hmm. attention to it. And that is a big deal though on that with work. Cause we are in this and I know you see that putting people first. Oh my gosh. E even if we just had a, you know, put people first instead of your phone, uh, would probably change right. a lot of lives. Did you see there's, there's a photographer who took a yes. series of photos. You know I, what I'm talking about? I saw one. I got the idea, but I saw one. Yeah. One picture. Right. So, so for those that aren't aware, there's, there's a photographer that was, you know, taking like lifestyle photos of people like at a barbecue and people at a pool and just like in their life and they're holding phones. And the photographer said, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a version of you holding the phone and now put your phone away, but put your hand exactly where it was before. And that's the only photos that this person posted so far. And it's sad. It's, it's just, it's like three it's people standing around yeah. a grill, you know, like waiting for the, the, the hamburgers to be done or whatever. And they're like, just staring at their hands. It's the weirdest thing. The one I saw was of a couple in bed, both kind of oh, turned yeah. on the other side, both looking at their, at their hand. It was, it was, it was, it was kind of that thing of, of if aliens came down and saw us, would they, went, <laughs> what are they doing? Nobody's talking, nobody's interacting. They're staring That's at a right. screen, a screen altogether or individual screens. And I've had that happen in my own home. I'll admit that where we, we not only have a screen on that we're watching that has its own set of issues. Hopefully it's something redeeming and interesting. And yet even there, then people are sitting around on their own devices. I've done that. And I'm like, dude, if we're going to watch screens, you're going to watch it with us all together, or we're just going to turn everything off and, you know, kill the internet and whatever. It's, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird time. I mean, again, starting with your people, you could make that mm -hmm. as a caveat instead of your device. 
how much device oh yeah, i try to i try to strategically use my vice my device not my vice there's there's two yeah freudian slip there. yeah there's there's two little tips i'd share with you guys you know one of my one of my rules is five to eight and and uh five to eight and five to eight really so it's so i was so the morning from five to eight i'm not touching a device so i don't i try not to touch a device until after eight o'clock and that's enough for you know, anybody who really needs my attention, they can wait till 801, yeah. you know, like there's really nothing that's so urgent that it has to happen at 759 or 630 or whatever it is. And then in the same way, from five to eight, the devices go away. I actually just, I just leave my phone in the charger. So, and then, the, you know, so that's family dinner time, that's playing outside with the kids, that's, you know, uh, cleaning up, that's bedtime, that's baths, that's the whole deal. And then they're in bed by eight. And then at eight, I can go get my phone. So just having those two blocks, that's six hours a day. So that's, you know, it's a third of the time I'm awake or something like that. Um, it's enough time to have that offline time. Uh, so that's, that's tip number one. And then tip number two is instead of scrolling, how can you be more, how can you be connecting? Mm -hmm. So I try to spend the majority of my time on my phone personal messages I, you mentioned our buddy pete vargas pete's so good at that yeah you know I, I he's he's a he's a model and a mentor to me in this area is use your social media for social like use it to connect to real people so what i what i try to do on social media is any post i'm looking at i want to engage with that person because there's a reason they're posting it right people want to be seen people want to be appreciated they want to know that they matter so even if it's something that's like funny of their kids like hit the like button, make a little comment, maybe even like press their name. And now you're the messenger pops up, send them a little voice yeah. message. Hey, I saw that. I saw the picture of your kids. That's so awesome. Hope you're doing well. It's been a long time. Let me know where you're stuck or how I can help you. Like and knock through, you know, 10 or 15 of those. That is social media that will improve and, and your relationships. And for me, it's led to business. It's led to all kinds of opportunities, just being more personal. So don't use your device as much, but when you do think about how can we connect to a real person? That is a great charge. Even for myself, I've fallen off the bandwagon a little bit there. You mentioned Pete again. Uh, I sent him a note yesterday afternoon, just a question. And he's so consistent with doing this all of a sudden, or a little bit later, I'll get a video. He does those yeah. video responses. And those are, I, I, I think I'm going to take that on. That feels, that feels, again, it feels very honoring that it was yes. more than just a text. And I, I can't even tell you why it just, I felt so honored. I need to be doing that with people right. as well. Back to what you said, um, being actual, actually social engaging with them. Well, Marty, or let's see here. Um, uh, Marty Winger, he says Monday through Friday, we all get our, his family get up to take, uh, the Angelican book of common prayers and spend a few minutes in the morning, uh, in morning prayers. We confer the night before on who needs to leave earliest in the morning and morning prayer time is 10 minutes before the earliest departure. It's making a difference for mom and dad and these last two teens still under the roof. The challenge is the timing and the commitment for everyone to be up with the earliest one, but it does drive the group commitment to each other. That's wow. beautiful. Uh, yeah, I love that. In, in so many ways, not only the coming together, the honoring of each other, but even setting up the expectations uh, of the family as a group. I mean, that that right there, starting with the people first, um, that family, what would you say? Cohesion. Boy, that mm -hmm. is something that we do work on with our family, but I see there's there's nothing in the world or the culture that's vined for family cohesiveness. It's we're getting so segmented even there. So to have this as an expectation of the family 
does this together and we right. honor the earliest person, I'm going to ponder that one. I'm, I might come up with some ideas so for my crew out of that one. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know, our, our kids are still pretty little, um, but my, my oldest is nine years old and he sees me, you know, when he, when he wakes up in the morning and he comes downstairs, um, I'm at the table and I've got an open Bible and a, usually a business book and a journal. And so that's just what he's seen since he was born. You know, anytime he comes downstairs before, you know, before eight o'clock, that's what I'm doing. Uh, and so this year going into fourth grade, I said, I think it's time for you to, to implement that routine in your life. And so that's what he does every day while I'm making breakfast for him and, and for his sister, he's sitting at the table with his journal and with his Bible, and he's writing down what are his hopes for the day? What are his fears for the day? What are any prayer requests that he has? I gave him those three questions just to start and not every day, but for the most part, that's a big rock, right? So most days he, he has a little bit of time and I know he's probably not going to listen to this. So I'll just say it. <laughs> yeah. I, I flipped through it the other day and Kevin, it was like the sweetest thing you've ever read. Oh. It was so sweet. Just the things he's worried about at school and the things he wants to pray for. It's just, it's amazing. And so I'm, I'm saying this to the, to the people with, with young kids right now, you know, there is a time to start and it's probably earlier than you think to have some sort of a morning routine with your kids that 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 sets you know i would say that puts god first but you could say it puts your faith first or you know really puts your priorities first in the morning uh, because you've you've got to push through you've got to make it a priority otherwise it's never never going to happen man let me I'll, I'll share with you one of one of the most um one of the anchors uh, that i have as a father it was a couple years uh, about a year and a half ago my he's now nine years old i bet it was when he was seven my little boy and he said something unkind to his sister acted in an unkind way and he he's he's such a dear heart I, and i took him aside and said buddy you know that wasn't good and he teared up uh immediately repentful uh, repentful and and he said uh kind of curled up in me and then he recovered and but then said daddy i I need to start getting up in the morning and reading mm -hmm. the Bible like you so that I don't say bad things to my sister or something Aww. like that. Oh my, it hit me like a ton of bricks, but of the power of, well, one that he would even attribute that to my spirit. It was, was the biggest thing I think, but also yes. just the power of our example is just mm -hmm. dramatic. And, and I attribute it or not attribute, but, but even compare it to, you know, what we do exists for our kids. And if I am abusing their mom that exists and it now has a norm to them. That's right. And if I'm in my Bible seeking God, it becomes part of their norm. Thanks for bringing that up. That is beautiful. And man, I totally agree on that. It is not too early. They have uh, we even have a, a Minecraft devotion book. Uh, that oh, we found right. that one of the kids thought oh, it's cool. I thought, hey, that'll <laughs> that'll get you into devotions. I'm all for it. Um, trade uh, trade writer. He says we all make time for our work, but often don't make time for family. I make an intentional effort to schedule family time as I would schedule anything else. When I fail to plan, I plan to fail. Uh, but what that brought out to me is we do have, and again, I was going to uh, throw this at you to kind of reconcile. We do have that. Uh, kind of a negative connotation that you'll see. I think we've seen it you know, depicted in movies and stuff where it's, you know, maybe a family member talking to dad and he's like, well, you know, let me see if oh, I find I a schedule. That. Yeah. Find a schedule yeah. for you. And it's a, it's a bad thing. So we do have that where it's, it's, you're, you're treating your family like a business. However, over here, right. 
we do schedule generally when we're going to wake up, we have an alarm and when we're going to work out, when we're going to go to the gym, my wife takes gym classes and those are scheduled. And if they weren't, she would not do them. And we do those things. So, so I don't maybe reconcile that on the bad side, you know, that depiction of you're just another Mm -hmm. business person to your, to your parent, uh, to being intentional. And we do have maybe inordinately scheduled lives. We put too much in there. So if that's what it takes, it's, it's not so bad. No, it's not so bad at all. Like let's, let's let the tools, uh, let's use the tools instead of letting the tools use us. Right. And so let's schedule out every minute of our day, right. Teach us to number our days. So we might gain a heart of wisdom. It's a heart of wisdom means I'm going to be present at five o'clock. You know, I'm going to have these really important things scheduled. So as an example, you know, in our life, Saturday is dadder day. It's daddy Saturday, right? And so Saturday morning is scheduled. It literally on my calendar, it says dadder day. And so it would have to be a crazy, amazing opportunity for me to, to, to say no to, to dadder day. And, uh, you know, maybe a, a big, you know, national television interview or something like that. And even then what we would do is we would reschedule Saturday. day. Like that would be, okay, we're going to move it to Friday night or we're going to move it to Sunday afternoon or something like that. But it's on the wow. schedule and, and the days that somebody else tries to schedule something instead of that, like, first of all, it won't work because it's on the schedule. Uh, but second of all, we're going to, we're going to have to have a conversation about priorities. And so having, having it on the schedule makes it real. You've got to have it on the schedule. And I, I also believe in, you know, having, it, it depends, again, the, one of the best investments you can make is really understanding yourself, literally creating your own manual, because so many of us don't even know, like, why am I feeling like, why am I feeling this way? It was because you're hungry or you're angry or you're lonely or you're tired or because somebody said something and it really hits you in a hard, in, in a certain way. And you didn't realize verbal affirmation is your love language. And you just got to flip it around and say, Hey, I'm just, I could use a little encouragement. Is that okay? Like, and then people are like, I had no idea. So, so you understanding yourself, um, can, can make such a big difference. And so for me, I've got to have it scheduled and I know I need this connection time with kids. And so as an example, just putting it on the schedule to say, um, kids gymnastics starts at this time. Well, I know that we're going to be in a hurry if I don't schedule a buffer before gymnastics times, because, you know, my six-year-old daughter will forget where her gymnastics outfit is. And I've got to make sure that we had enough gas in the car and like putting the buffer in there that can really help your relationships because then you're not in such a hurry and you're stepping over each other. So yes, scheduling is a great thing. Put it on the schedule. I would challenge you guys, look at your Google calendar or whatever you use. If you, if I were to share mine on screen right now, you would see from 4.30 in the, actually 24 hours a day is really scheduled because I even have sleep time on there. But from 4.30 in the morning, all the way to 10 o'clock at night, there are chunks and there's not one space available um, that you could stick something in because it's all laid out exactly how I feel called to live every day. Well, and you're talking about a budget. There's Ramsey spend every dollar somewhere, right? Spend every minute. It's so, it's so powerful. We just found out with our family, if we don't schedule, we don't put it on the calendar. It generally won't happen because somebody, something will come in that's urgent or that, you know, distracts us. And we'll, we'll take off. Well, you, you mentioned a couple of times right there, understanding ourselves. So, yes. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to anchor the show here with, I'm going to read two from two ladies, uh, Amy Van Slambrook. She says, uh, having enough mental 
and emotional energy uh, to do both. As an empath and HSP, we tend to be extremely present with everyone, which is great for the moment, but means that time to recharge is absolutely critical. I schedule time to be alone with God, to have silence, and give myself permission to sequester, knowing it'll allow me to give from a full cup and love others far better, but always a struggle because my heart is to give it all. Right after that, Victoria Warner, she says, it's not being too tired to cultivate those relationships. Seriously, there are times when you give all you have, but you have to have some time for the people you love. You have to know what is priority. You have to work smarter and then go home and enjoy the people you love. Don't work too many hours thinking you need the money. Live within your 40-hour paycheck and take that vacation. So again, kind of coming to that issue that I threw at you earlier about people first, uh, being available, but also having boundaries. We can't pour out of that. And it's interesting. Those were both two ladies, you know, in the, the medical practice that I'm involved in, that's our primary phone call prospect is a middle-aged woman, mom, usually who has just, they just pour out, they are there to serve. So they get a pluses for heart and intent. Absolutely. But they have done it for so long without taking care of themselves, without making sure that they are, they're filled up. They have nothing left to give. And now it's even getting into physiological or psychological issues and you can go really spiraling downward, uh, from there. So, you know, you know, back to the start with your people, this wasn't well, I think you don't even say is when you you do that. Your first people is you. Uh, so right. maybe, maybe end us off there because that's one where we can real easily go awry with this and end up depleted. Absolutely. You know, there are several friends and colleagues that this is their challenge. This isn't my particular challenge, but, but especially those helper personalities, yeah. you know, many, many moms are in this, in this camp as well is just giving, 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 and not having any time for yourself. So what I'd say is what can you do to schedule it? And I, I saw a page out of, out of Dan and Joanne's book and we found a local massage therapist. She has a discounted deal for people that live in the neighborhood. And so she comes over every Friday. We just started this a few weeks ago. She comes over every Friday. And so Julie knows, my wife, Julie knows that at three 30 every Friday, she gets an hour long massage with Carrie. Hmm. Now it doesn't matter how her day went because at three 30, she's getting a massage with Carrie. And, and, you know, it's the importance of self-care. And the idea is what can we schedule out? What can we put on the calendar that's going to fill us back up, especially for those that are just giving all day. And so that's the question I'd, I'd point back to you guys listening is what is something that fills you up? And, and maybe like I mentioned in one of the last shows, maybe it's watching a movie in the middle of the day. Yeah. Maybe it's getting a massage. Maybe it's quiet time. Maybe it's just rocking out to your favorite music and just taking a walk, but put it on the schedule. And here's the thing. It's not as, it's not as complicated as you might think. For example, it, it might just be when you drop off the kids in the morning Instead of immediately going to the next errand, what if you had just a little bit of time for yourself? It could just be instead of instead of driving immediately back home, go to the park, which is near the school anyway, park the car, get out and do two loops around the park and then get back in your car and go face the busyness of the day. Yeah. It just something as simple as that can really change your whole day and change the way that you show up for those people. Yep. I, I am more attuned to that than I ever have been that those rides and the runs that I take are, they fill me up to be a better dad. I'll never forget my wife at a time of not pursuing those long, long time ago. I went through a couple of years and she finally bought me a bike and she said, please go train. You're just a better person 
when you go train. So now it's, it's that. And then it's my times where a cup of coffee, sit down with a journal or, or the computer to write uh, in front of me. Those are the things that do it, man. Uh, thank you. I love these sessions. I feel like I got a live coaching session from you, Brian, and this is where it brings it to light. Uh, rubber hits the road. These are real people, real world situations. So grateful for everybody that posts here and man, just grateful for this uh, message that you've brought forth. It seems it seems as timely now, uh, more so than ever, maybe, um, as we deal with our devices and our busyness and our anxiety, that putting people first, ourselves included, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. dramatic. Uh, I am a grateful recipient. Brian, thank you so much. Kevin, thanks so much for having me. I trust you found some new ideas and conviction for keeping your relationships healthy and well. Again, I encourage you to check out Brian Dixon's book, Start With Your People, wherever you buy books or at Dixon. that's D-I-X-O-N.com. Coming up in episode 721, make every minute count. We all know having a plan is the most secure way to ensure something happens. I mean, when was the last time you set out for a long road trip without directions to follow? Probably never. Well, in this show, we hear the daily routine directions, if you will, of Tom Ziegler. This is the guy who has never known anything but planning for a positive, successful day. It doesn't mean he's perfect, but just like his father, Zig, he has a tremendously solid plan for his day. This is our habits show. We walk through the seven spokes on the Ziegler wheel of life with Tom Ziegler. I think you're going to appreciate hearing what the master himself does to procure his personal success. Till then, folks. Thank you, as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.